everybody and welcome back to another episode of the pod cast your favorite podcast about new metal this is episode number 30 a nice even number of episodes if this were the month of march you'd have one episode for every single day what a beautiful thing that is i'm john cullen and with me is a man who well you know what would happen if he tripped and fell it would be the brian hitting the floor it's Brian Quinby. Hey, hey, hey. I'm I, I thinking about changing my name, actually. I know yeah. you're not supposed to do that after, you know, you're making your living uh, doing something like this, having a brand, I guess. But I'm, having I'm a, a brand? new guy. Yeah, I'm a well, new okay, person. What do you, yeah. So, okay, so what, what do you think was your old brand and what do you think is now your new brand and what should your new name be for your new brand? I mean, I guess old brand is sleaze bag. I guess is the <laughs> okay. White trash sleaze bag is that like a thing? Uh, a, I loved that Kid Rock album. <laughs> I mean, that would be the name of my album too. If, <laughs> it wouldn't be too far off. I mean, it's not really too far off to think that I could have ended up being Kid Rock, down to like the politics and everything. Because I was into hip hop, I was into rock and hard. You know, yeah. Uh, I was a idiotically dressed white kid. Hair. Did you ever? Did you ever dumb. write raps? Yep, I. Did. I figured you did. I figured you did. Maybe we've talked about it on the show before. Maybe not. It just. I was positive that you were going to say yes. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> wrote one to my wife. My wife still has the one I wrote to her. You know, I was fucking really feeling wife. it. You know, were you guys but, married yeah. at the time or was this like, no, your- no, I was 18, no, 19. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was 19. We got together when I was 19. I wrote her a rap song when I was 19 and I can't, I, I'm not, I don't know any of the lyrics. Okay. Um, except for I pictured myself rapping at like Tupac. So I knew at some point in this, I, all I can remember in my mind is when I was writing it down. You know, I didn't do this in the cipher in front of everybody. You know, I was just <laughs> I didn't sitting figure in my room. that you did. Yeah, they're not usually I, in the cipher. Like, okay, man, spit your hottest bars about how much you love your wife. People <laughs> aren't really my girlfriend like, at the time. Well, I know, but I just mean like it's not usually what people are looking for in the in the cipher generally. I don't know. Let me Google this real quick. Rap songs about wives. <laughs> Well, there was the there was the um, there was I one right that was Future and Kanye writing about Sierra and uh, Kim Kardashian, so that went well. I know oh, there's that one. Oh, look at that! Um, but yeah, so so this month, just in this year, I quit smoking again. So yeah. I'm not a cigarette smoker now, which is yeah. wild. That helps uh, with still- the sleaze bag thing for sure. Yeah, still doing the same amount of weed I've ever done. And also still doing the same amount of Kratom and Benzos. And get you basically still doing the same amount of drugs, right? Okay. But, like, I, I, I uh, for Christmas, Brett got me Legos. 
Now I play with Legos. I'm just a Lego guy, adult really? Lego guy. What yes. are what what Legos did you? Stefan and I talked about adult Legos on Blocked Party not that long ago because we had we had Caitlin Durante on the show from the Bechtel cast, and she got a um, she got the Titanic, which is like seven hundred dollars, and it's like fifteen hundred pieces or whatever. Yeah, so. What did you, which, which one did you get? I'm sure you've talked about it on street fight, but I, this is news to me. I got Dom's Dodge charger from, Oh, Fast I did know that. I did yeah. know that. Cause you were putting but, it together one of the last times we hung out. But the funny thing is like that one was missing two pieces. So I had to send off to Lego to send me the two pieces. So I could, can't work any further on it. And, uh, so I went on Amazon and was like, I got to buy some more Legos, but like, I'm really picky about what Legos I'm willing to do. Like, I still feel like they have to be cool. I'm not right. going to like build the friends central perk set. And so the one I'm building right now is an Adidas shell toe, which that works perfect <laughs> for me. Well, you're wearing an Adidas shirt right now. So yeah, I am. I am. So that's, but that's then- a perfect fit. So, but okay. But so you send off for these two pieces or whatever. That's got to be annoying. Like, does Lego have a thing set up for that? Like, are they like, do you call like a hotline and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just give you these two pieces. Or do you have to go through some annoyingly painstaking process? No, I just filled out a form. The, the, the bad part about it is that you got to find the pieces. On, like, like you got to know exactly the two that you're missing so you can yeah. say, and okay, I, see. I mean, I knew the two I'm missing, but you have to find those in on the Lego website, you know, so you're just uh, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So that was kind of a pain. And is it ass. like a number? Like, is it like, oh, I'm missing the D081 <laughs> F A G D 330. I know I that was honestly. <laughs> I was literally just naming off. (laughs) I thought the same thing too. I was like, I better add another letter in here. (laughs) As soon as I, as soon as I said G, I was like, Oh no. I was like, I was going to stop. I was going to stop doing letters and switch back to numbers. And I was like, no, I better put another letter in there. That was crazy. But yes, it has numbers. I'm sorry. Well, it was oh very God. much an accident. Yeah, but I it know. It was just as was soon just... as I heard those. You can't say those letters in a row <laughs> no. without somebody being like. I know. It immediately oh. twigged in my own brain, too. I was like, oh, no. I was, I was just hoping no one was going to say anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't. I, I have to. <laughs> I can't live that life. I can't anyway. live the nobody's going to say anything life. Sorry, do you do you have to? And a listener to, would definitely have said something. Oh, I know a listener would have said something, but I was like, well, if Brian doesn't bring it up and a listener just like tweets us about it, I can just ignore it. Well, uh, so yeah, I I, uh, I sent away. I got my Legos. They're God. coming in the mail 10 to 14 days, which is a fucking long time to wait for my Legos. Yeah, you know? that's, they I'm, fucked up. Like, I feel I'm, like they, I mean, they, they ship them to you for free, I assume. Yes. Well, they're 17 cents or something like that. Like, if I wanted to pay for them, it would have cost less than a dollar. I see. But okay, like, gotcha. But, like, so I'm waiting for that. And now I'm building this Adidas shoe. Uh, 
which is very that one's cool. I'm I'm into that. But so our Lego guy, which is something I would have never been before, because one, they're expensive. It's ridiculous the yeah, amount of money. It is Legos crazy cost. how expensive they are. I know. I found that out when I was thinking I might become an adult Lego guy. It's like even it's, for one that feels like it wouldn't take you that long to put together, it's so expensive. Like there'll be ones that are like 150 pieces and yeah, they're like a hundred dollars. And you're like, that's too much. That feels like it would take me an hour. Well, the one I have, the car is 1,077 pieces, and I think it's like 100 bucks. Oh, and okay. That's sh- not too bad. Yeah, and the shoe is – and it's taking me a while. I mean, it took me a long time to get to the point where I was – you know, figured out I was missing pieces even like I, I, the car's not, I think I still have a few more things to do. So it does take, I thought the same thing, John, I was like, I ain't fucking paying for a bunch of fucking Legos. And then I also was like, I'm not going to let them tell me what to build with my Legos, which is a very like nine year old boy (laughs) thing to say. I don't even want to build the car. (laughs) I don't even like Fast and the Furious, Mom. (laughs) I think I was just mad because I was like, kids these days, man, they get their fucking Legos and they just build what the box says. You know, I was like mad. Right. You're like, whatever happened to creativity? Whatever happened to letting our youth's minds run wild? Because you would get like Legos as a kid and it was just in a big fucking plastic suitcase. And they were like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, your uncle you your want. uncle found them somehow. They like came in an unmarked box. And was, oh, yeah. yeah, these are these are these were my Legos when I was a kid. Are you sure they were? Is that how this happened? <laughs> and literally yeah. never one time did I think about what color the Lego was that I was using oh, ever never. in my life. No, never, <laughs> never, never. No, you, if you're building a, every castle, everyone knows a castle is seven different colors. <laughs> yeah, it's just so how they like, are. That was the first reaction. And then I was like, I'm a grown man that smokes cigarettes and has sex. And you know what I mean? I, I, I got a kid getting ready going to college. I can't be playing with Legos. Right. But then Brett might be the Legos, right? And then I was like, yeah, the money thing is like, I'm the cheapest motherfucker in the world. And then I was like, I'm also going to finish it in like an hour and a half. And then it's like, I paid 200 bucks. I did this thing. And, and now if I want to like play with the, which is awesome just so weird that like there was this period of my life as an adult where i was like what if i want to play with the legos after i put it together (laughs) like what am i gonna fucking do with the legos that was my big concern is like you build it and that's super fun but then what the fuck do you do with it that well i'm that's why i said i i really only want to buy ones that are like something cool that i would like display in my office or in a studio or something like that right yeah yeah so so yeah i i uh ended up getting these ones for free and now i'm like already looking at like a mario one that's like i think almost two thousand pieces that's 169 dollars and it's like the fucking question mark box i'm gonna say something that sounds like very little boy again i'm just warning everybody it's like got the question mark box and then you can pull on it pull something on it and it reveals worlds inside of it like different like three or four different worlds oh okay and i was like that sounds pretty fucking cool so that's my next one after this which isn't that cool but it'll look cool and i'll hide that one somewhere uh and it'll just be a joy building and i'm sure it'll take like two weeks for me to finish yeah yeah that's my main thing is like i just want to get out of it 
Like Caitlin said, the Titanic took her like 25 hours, which like that feels like a reasonable, I mean, $700 for Lego yeah, is no, probably like never, much. that's not reasonable, but like at least you got, you know, it's not like you put it together in two hours or something like yeah. that. And then it's like, okay, cool. I cause it cost me $300 an hour or whatever. But yeah, I think, yeah, I, I could maybe see it. My, my biggest thing is we'd have to have a house. Like maybe if Becca and a I house. actually like, I just live in an apartment. I I've already have a, I know, but I already have a bunch of fucking <laughs> shit in this studio. It's all fucked up in my, like, I don't know. I don't Becca. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to, they, I'm not going to be able to store it anywhere is what I'm saying. Like they're displaying will not be an option. Cause I don't really have, you know, whereas like if I had a house and I had like an office or some shit like that, then okay. I've maybe got some space to, yeah, you know, to place yeah, them to fuck around a bit. It's just, you're born. You, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm always so fucking bored. And now the other thing that happened with me is that I joined a gym. I got a gym membership. Wow. So now I'm working out at the Jimbo. I even hired a trainer. You did? Uh, yeah. I haven't seen him yet, but I did. I hired a trainer and uh, I'm a gym, a member at a gym now that I go to. Wow. And it like really like cuts down on the amount of time because it takes a lot longer to walk to like burn enough calories to make sense <laughs> yeah 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 you know it takes like seven hours to really get there at the gym you can get it done in like two hours and just be fucking oh i, I mean if you're going to the gym for two hours that's a crazy amount of time i mean i work yeah. out i work out usually like three or four days a week i don't go to the gym i just do it at home i have a bike and and uh you know free weights and kettlebells and stuff but like I work out like 40 minutes max. That's like absolute max. It's usually Damn. anywhere from anywhere from 25 to 40 usually. So I mean, I go, two hours, that's crazy. That's a long that's time, what, dude. I was there for two hours today and the other day. And like, I just do the rowing machine for a half hour. Yeah. And then I ride a bike for a half hour. Then I uh, walk briskly for a half hour. Boom. I'm done. I'm out of there. Uh, but like I said, I got the trainer so he could show me how to lift and not hurt myself. Right. So, right. so you're going to get jacked is what you're saying. I don't know. I would love to, you know, look strong, be very strong. I, you know, that's something I'm very into the idea of. Yeah, and I like figured. after six months with a trainer, like I might join this gym, this MMA gym and just fucking fight with guys. You know what I mean? That sounds like something I could really get into is fighting with dudes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, the I like fighting. The, well, I, yeah, I mean, I never said that you didn't. I just, the problem is when you do that is like, you know, you'll be new and you're not going to be fighting like guys. You think you're like, you're going to be fighting children probably. Yeah. Like if you start, if you go to an MMA gym and you like start to get into like rolling and stuff, for sure, the first few people you're going to be rolling with will be like 13 year old kids and they'll kill you. I'll fuck him up. There is not a 13 year old in the world that could beat me in a fight. Not a single fucking one. I mean, that is that possibly a more crazy thing that you've said. That might be even crazier than the pole vaulting thing, to be fully honest with you. <laughs> No well, not really 13 sure in what the I, world in, in the world, no 13-year-old could beat you up. I mean, Bry, let's get let's get real here for a minute. No, they can't. But I I, I think <laughs> you're starting to sound like my dad. My dad is 5'5 five five and he weighs 130 pounds and he thinks he can beat me up. And he also has a torn uh he has like 
a really bad shoulder in his like stronger punching hand. Like I probably if he threw one punch, his shoulder would be like screwed beyond repair. But he still he's saying he, you're soft. He thinks you're soft. I'm sorry oh. to tell you that. No, no, I, I, I think no. But the problem is, Brian, it's not just that he thinks I'm. He thinks everyone is soft. It's not. It, he thinks he can beat up anybody. I mean, he's kind of right. Everyone no, is soft, you know. Oh, I mean, I guess, but yeah, I mean, he's 64, so I mean, I think he's like, you know, he's in the zone. He's ready to. He's ready to go. Yeah. When we went to yeah. Guns and Roses, he he uh, was he he was telling me that he was going to beat up the guy standing next to him. And I don't even know really why, like my dad had a couple beers and I don't really know what he thought the guy beside him was doing to make him mad. Cause he wasn't doing anything other than standing and watching the show. But my dad got it into his mind that he was going to beat up this guy at guns and roses. And this guy was like double, like this guy was double the size of my dad had a, like a shaved head was like straw. I'm like, dad, what do you think is going to happen and and he's like, like, we've talked about it since. And he's like, I don't know. I think I could beat him up. He's like, I get angry. I'm like, that doesn't matter. This guy <laughs> literally weighed double what you weigh. There's not you, you'd be fucked, man. It's just is very funny to me. But I, I do think it is maybe that generation. They just think oh, everyone else is soft and I can beat up everybody. Did you see and I'm never going to be able to find this because I don't know how to search for it or where where it was did you see the post from the the tool fan guy that uh uh went to a concert and the guy next to him was like irritated with him because he was up moving around probably getting in his personal space and he's just screaming like i paid six hundred dollars for these tickets and i'm gonna dance if i want to dance and as i'm reading i'm like what a fucking what a fucking horrible uh, experience it must have been to have this guy sitting next to you dancing and getting in your space. <laughs> and like, he's like, I paid $600 for tickets and I'm going to move if I want to. And you know what? I'm going to be at the show next week, too. And I paid $600 for those tickets and I'm going to move if I want to. He was like yelling at this guy for ruining his time at a concert. And I was like, your fucking ass and balls was probably in that guy's face all fucking night. And he just wasn't in the mood for it anymore, man. I hate guys that get seats and dance in their seat. Get out of here. Sit down. Be a gentleman. Uh, yeah, it it always makes me laugh when people do that, when people use the whole I paid X amount for these tickets. It's like I'm sitting beside you. I yeah. paid the same amount for these tickets. You fucking more. How do you think tickets work? You think you have the most expensive seat in the building? You might. But if you do, so do I. We're right beside <laughs> each other. What's fucking happening right now? Yeah, I know. I wish I, I went, could find it, man. You would die hearing it. This guy was so fucking mad. But it's like, you know, I know you were being fucking annoying. You know, I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so do you. So what's your new brand? Like, what are you calling new, like, sexy gym going Lego building Brian? Like you said, you well, need to those are things that are all bad, you know, gym. <laughs> Uh, I I guess like I I don't want to say that I'm gonna get like ripped or whatever like that. I just I I'm going to actually put in the effort to try to live some sort of a healthy lifestyle and then see where that takes me. I like that. 
I, like I mean, it's not. I don't know exactly what. I I don't know exactly what it's going to end up being. I just know that as a person, I know that I can follow a routine better than. I mean, I'm really good at. If you put me in a routine, if you say this, you have to do this every day. I'll fucking do it every single day because I'll feel bad if I don't do it. So I figured I'd get a trainer. I'd be like, tell me what to do and show me how to do it and fucking leave me the shit alone and let me listen to whatever I want to. And I'm just going to do it. You know, I can do this every day. So that's uh, impressive because I, I, I can't. That's what I struggle with. I struggle with that routine for sure. Oh, so. God, I love routine. I love it. I love it when somebody tell. I love almost even like with with work is like uh you know we've done it the same time every day it was just like i am a i'm we're really i'm really good at just doing the same thing every day like if if somebody tells me what to do that's why i want to get a nutritionist because i'm like if you fucking tell me what what to eat i'll just eat it i i won't i don't need to eat other stuff i'll just eat whatever you tell me to eat tell me what i'm allowed to eat and i'll fucking eat it and you know i figure like if i'm gonna get healthy it's just gonna be like outsourcing the work to somebody else and then just doing what they ask me to do (laughs) right that's good man (laughs) i mean i'm impressed So are you, so but that's not, like, I'm not a healthy guy. I mean, you know, that's what I mean. I'm like, I'm not like a guy that was ever shooting for being healthy. I didn't necessarily really care. So like right. now it's very, uh, uh, it's very weird for me to just have made the decision. Like, yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah. I'm was gonna, there like, uh, was there like an impetus for this? I mean, I just, I quit smoking and like, I don't know. I just, you know what? I get really depressed during the winter, like insanely depressed. So I keep, I think I just keep going like this. Hey man, just add something new to your thing. Just keep adding new shit and just maybe you won't realize it's winter and then it'll be warm again outside. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad strategy. That's why I curled for my whole, that's why I've always curled or played hockey. Helps the winter, helps the winter go by quickly. Uh, yeah. Well, look, man, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. We're still, we're doing this show still 30 episodes. We're almost, we'll be three years of doing this show soon. So you have stuck with this routine. So I, I, <laughs> I believe that you can uh, continue to, to do more. We've got, uh, we've got a, a, you know, a pretty legendary album this month, Brian. Uh, this one is, uh, well, it's Sinner by Drowning Pool, the debut album from Drowning Pool. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those you thought it had no chance of winning the poll. You thought we were going to be listening to System of a Down because that's what I, I put in. And then uh, Luke Owen really stepped up from Wrestle Talk. Uh, he, I guess, likes this album, really wanted us to review it. So he actually quote tweeted the poll. And, uh, look, I just, uh, you know, he made it happen. That's really all there is to it. And you were obviously, you were very thrilled about this development. I just wanted to listen to something. I, I, I am like really try. I, I like getting new blood bands in the, in the situation, you know, and this is an album where it was like, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't listen to it when it came out. I was not, I was not fair 
to I would say I wasn't fair to Drowning Pool. And I just heard bodies. This was probably in the era where like as soon as a song came on the radio, I was like fucking sellouts. And these guys I hadn't heard of them before the song came on the radio. So then without having the language to say it, you assume industry plant. You know, without knowing what an industry plant is, I guess. So I think I probably thought these guys were industry plants and I wasn't going to fall for this shit and listen to what the radio station wants me to. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. We'll get to that in a sec. I'll give you some facts about this album. Uh, Of course, the album is called Sinner. Uh, It is the debut album from Drowning Pool. It came out June 5th, 2001 on Wind Up Records. It was produced by Jay Baumgartner. Uh, who has produced a bunch of uh, other uh, new metal bands, Seether, Papa Roach, Seven Dust, Coal Chamber, Godsmack, P.O.D., Three Days Grace, Alien Ant Farm. Uh, a lot of good a lot of good bands there that this uh, this man has been responsible for. And uh, I should say that they did, this is the debut full-length album. They did have a couple EPs before this, uh, but this is the the major label debut. Uh, well, I, if Wind Up is considered a major, I guess it's not really. It they're, is. They're, okay. Their studio. I mean, back then, back then, Wind Up was like. Pretty big. Putting, they put so much crazy shit out. Didn't they put out Creed? Uh, I think, yeah, I think Creed was on wind up. I know Evanescence were finger 11. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Wind up was the people that were like, stop selling our shit in, uh, Christian bookstores. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Creed's right. Seether finger 11 Evanescence. Um, the label, I, I mean, I won't tell you who's currently on the label cause I don't recognize any of them aside from five for fighting. Um, they yeah. had that one, that one hit song, but yeah, the rest I'm like, who are these people? You ever heard they of Jill- have a crazy like they have a lot of money, I'll bet you, is what I'm trying oh, to say. Like they're probably no coasting for the rest of time. Well, <laughs> and they had a lot of uh yeah, they had a lot of heavy bands, 12 Stones, Alter Bridge, Bayside, Boy Hits Car, Boy Sets Fire, <laughs> uh Breaking they love the boy Point. Bands. Oh yeah, <laughs> Breaking Point, The Darkness, Drowning Pool. Um, obviously all the other bands we've already talked about, they had Hawthorne Heights, OAR. Anyway, lots of good bands on that CFOs, <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah. CFOs. I got Dan. I got Dan. <laughs> CFOs, LFOs, uh, you know, all of those guys. But yeah, this album came out in, uh, in 2001 in June, debuted at number 14 on the Billboard 200. Uh, and it was, uh, pretty successful. They've sold over a million copies, so it's platinum in the U.S. It is silver in the U.K. And uh, yeah, they were uh, bodies peaked at number six on the mainstream rock tracks chart and number 12 on the modern rock tracks chart. And Brian, here is a chart that I have never heard of before in my life. You ready for this one? I am. Bodies peaked at number 19 on the U.S. billboard bubbling under hot 100 singles. Oh my God. So 102 or something. I genuinely don't even know what this means. Okay. I'm looking it up. This kind of sounds like heat seekers though. It is a chart published weekly by billboard. The chart lists, the top songs that have not yet charted on the hot 100. So I guess it's like for the songs that maybe were in the hot 100, then come out to like one Oh three or whatever. It's like, Okay, well, that song doesn't really that that song's dead to us. These are like the new songs that might make the Hot 100. Anyway, it never made the Hot 100. Uh, This album also really 
Bodies did not, no. But again, the album did very well. 14, peaked at 14 on the Billboard 200 and ended 2001 at 102 on the Billboard 200. So almost in the top 100 selling albums in a in an era, in a year where a lot of albums were sold. So pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive from Drowning Pool. Uh, so yeah, so Brian, you've already sort of told us a little bit about your history with the band and, and with Bodies in particular, did you know anything else about the band or it was just like simply you heard bodies on the radio and you're like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. I'm out. Yeah. I probably saw them live. I, I can't like remember a specific time I saw drowning pool live, but I guess no. Cause they, their first Oz. Oh, they were on a second stage at Ozfest for a year too. Yes, so, they were. Yeah. Um, I might've seen them there or something, but no, I, 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 uh, did not listen to a lot of drowning pool, which is weird. Um, because it sounds like it did come out in kind of my heyday. I must just not have heard of it. Yeah. I mean, I remember bodies coming out for sure. I mean, obviously it was a huge song and Brian, you and I were both wrestling fans back in the day. Um, and well, you still are, I'm, you know, kind of a wrestling fan, but bodies was obviously a huge song in wrestling. It also was the UFC theme song for quite some time. Um, and I think UFC still uses it, uh, on occasion. So does the WWE probably I'm, I'm only imagining, but, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think I was a little bit, um, I think I was a little cynical about it just because of, uh, you know, just because of not, I don't know about industry plant, but I definitely felt like, and you and I have talked about this a lot on the show about like sort of new metal tribalism and that kind of thing. And it just felt sort of corny to me. This, you know, let the bodies hit the floor. I was like, oh, you know, okay, what, you know, what are we talking about? This just seems like it seemed, yeah, maybe not industry plant, but just that like lyric was almost like too poppy or something, which is like a weird way of saying it, but it felt like the song felt like it was very constructed for being played at WWE events and UFC events and that kind of thing. like, it didn't feel like a genuine song to me. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything less appealing to me really than a song that's featured on WWE or UFC. <laughs> Totally. Right. Like it definitely has that feel of like, you're just like, ah, oh, they just wrote this. Cause they're like, oh, what if we did a chorus that said, let the bodies hit the floor, you know, people will probably use that. And then it's funny, like now looking back and now that we've reviewed all this other new metal and stuff, it's pretty clear to me that bodies is like one of the best new metal songs ever. <laughs> it's yeah, you gotta a, put that. It is such a good song. It's crazy. It's crazy how good it is. You got to put it up there pretty high, really. I mean, I, I would even maybe I, I'm hedging. I, I, I feel like such a puss. Uh, so I'm just going to say it anyway. I'd, I'd put it up there with one of the best metal songs. So, yeah. I, I mean, mean that's people fair. Can say what I they mean, want, but this fucking song, that song fucking rips. It's not even the best song on the album, though. That's the other fucking wild thing. Yeah, you don't think it's the best song in the album? I mean, I, oh, I definitely no. do. I think it's the best song in the album. But it's no. like, it is, yeah, it's just such a good song. And there's just so many good things about it. The verses are so good. The melody is so good. It it, it just kind of hits perfectly with what they're doing in the background. The pre-chorus, oh, nothing's wrong with me too. Not Like it just, it just gets you going. Like I can't imagine how sweet that song would have been back then to hear like in the pit 
and just get people going and fucking fired up. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, yeah, a really, you know, really good song. Also, like, honestly, you, Godsmack had the career that these guys deserved. I think is is the thing I came away with while I was listening to this. It's like, man, you know, we covered that Godsmack album and uh, it wasn't good. There might have been like two songs where I was like, okay, and those were the ones you already knew. So you can't even really say if they're good because if you'd heard them for the first time, you'd probably be like, this song fucking sucks. It's just like kind of drilled into your head. And like this band, I mean, there isn't, they're an original sounding band. They don't sound like they're stealing from anybody at all, in my opinion. Like it, they, they almost, um, probably i i think maybe they got ripped off later you know where where it's like there are bands that sound like these guys they're the 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 more butt rock sort of bands that exist now kind of sound a little bit like this but i i really feel like they had i don't know like they're maybe the most successful uh what I would consider real new metal B level new metal bands that there are like the music sounds, the music sounds like, like cold chamber and, and spine shake and some of that stuff that never really hit that second level. This music sounds like, like that music, but this hit that next level, this hit like, you know, a, a million out. I would have really thought this would have sold more than a million, uh, but a million is a lot of albums, I guess. So it's it, it's pretty incredible. Th- these guys, uh, uh, this is a good album. This is actually really good. <laughs> it's really good, and I I I was surprised at that too. I I think I was I I, I again I think not to make this whole thing about bodies. Uh, but it's hard when when it's such a standout uh, single on the album um, and just like a single in this band's career and just in metal history in general. But like, I think going into this, I was sort of feeling like, you know, OK, if Bodies is the showcase single of this, it's probably maybe a bit of a like dumber album, for lack of a better word. Like, it's just going to kind of be a little bit straightforward bodies is going to clearly be the best song and there isn't maybe going to be a whole lot else. Cause I just don't know anything else either. Like I think for me, it, it's weird because obviously drowning pool, you know, Dave Williams, this is the only record that he's on. He passes away in 2002. Um, and drowning pools released some things since with three different lead singers over the course of their time. And so I think in my mind, I was like, oh, well, Bodies was like a cool song that this then Dave Williams is like a, an integral part of this song and this band that everything else they release sucks. And the rest of this record probably sucks. Like, you know, I was just surprised at how good overall um, this record was like from start to finish. It was it was pretty surprising to me. I, I just I can't say enough about his voice. I, I love the way he sings. And and like I I maybe thought these guys were more like stained or Godsmack or or uh, uh, breaking maybe not I'm not going to say breaking Benjamin but you know that kind of strain of the music and they're absolutely not that they are not they they don't do the thing 
You know, the uh, uh, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. They don't do that. They do like a really, like, Bodies is a really good display of like what kind of makes them cool because that's something wrong with me. That sounds fucking cool. That sounds like all the underground new metal that I was super into at the time. Uh, so I think these guys having bodies get picked up by wrestling and UFC and stuff. It just launched them into this place where it seemed like they were being foisted upon you, but they weren't. It just, this song is a perfect fucking song for for moshing. It's like the best moshing song ever. And it is about moshing, which is so cool. You know, hip hop does songs about partying where they're just like, yeah, I mean, you know, people like to party. We do songs about partying. Well, heavy metal bands really don't do songs about moshing. Or, or like having a good time or just going off in the pit. And this is like one of the only ones. Totally, totally. Yeah. And I, and I think it's like, it, it is definitely um, interesting because it got, you know, obviously it got the reputation of being about other things, uh, especially in the wake of 9-11. Uh, we've talked about the, the clear channel uh, band song list before on this podcast and, uh, Drowning Pool, unfortunately, Bodies kind of became a little bit of the sort of poster song for that whole thing, right? Because, you know, people said it reminded them of of Bodies hitting the ground outside of the Twin Towers and, you know, stuff like that. And I think, you know, we, we'll get into the interviews later, but, you know, Dave Williams talks a little bit about that in the interviews that he was always sort of surprised that people thought it was like a more sinister thing or whatever that he kind of wrote it to be a song to like get people dancing and moving to. And I think you can tell that with a lot of these songs. I, I, I wonder if this album was recorded live off the floor cause it's got a lot of energy to it. Like it is. Um, and it definitely seems like that's something that gets brought up a lot. Um, in some of the interviews like Dimebag Daryl called Dave Williams stage. That was his nickname for Dave Williams. Cause he said that, that's where he like came alive and he was like an unbelievable performer and everything. Um, so yeah, I think your point about Godsmack is good too. Like it's, it's not hard to imagine that drowning pool. If Dave Williams doesn't die has that career, they become, cause Godsmack became that like wrestling UFC NASCAR extreme sport kind of band. And it feels like Drowning Pool could have easily, I mean, they were already becoming that band and they could have easily been that band. But then I think they're better than Godsmack. So they might mm -hmm. have even had another level to get to. You know what I mean? I mean, we've talked better, about, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, Better and more creative. That's, yeah, that's what I mean. To me, we talked about that when we did the Godsmack album. Every Godsmack song is just about staying away from Sully. <laughs> and they all are yeah. just like, like drowning pool had a lot more going on um than godsmack ever has uh, uh, certainly tonally as well um yeah now yeah. i do have to bring this up john yeah uh much like stupefy on the disturbed album there is a part of bodies that they cut out for the radio that yes. is on the album and a uh, little less successful. 
I think, than the radio song because it really slows the song down. It hurts the uh, it hurts the flow of the song. I mean, I'm I'm not mad about it. It just would be so much better if they cut that part out and like they did for the radio. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I agree. I mean, I think there is a little bit of uh, propulsion to the radio version that uh, makes a little bit more sense. But I mean, you know, whatever you you were saying that um, you don't think Bodies is the best song on the album. So what do you think is the best song that uh, I fucking love tear away and probably listened to it like seven times today? That song whips ass. <laughs> just so, walking around my house like i don't care about anyone else but me <laughs> like, I oh love yeah that. well you love i mean you know you you certainly love any kind of line like that ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live <laughs> <laughs> i mean there it's really a- that was the earlier version of it i mean so yeah, Tear Away, also a successful single. It was the one that came after Bodies, charted at number 18 on the Billboard mainstream rock charts, and was also one of the two main themes for WWE's WrestleMania X8. And, That's uh, tight. Kevin Owens, uh, when he was formerly known as Kevin Steen, also used it as his entrance music uh, in CZW and Ring of Honor. So. That's so cool. What a fucking what a fucking song that is. And I love it when when he says, God damn, I love me. It, that was like the first <laughs> hint that I was like, what a funny album this is going to be. And it doesn't it, it just has two really super funny spots. But uh, uh, as soon as he says, God damn, I love me. I was just cracking up because I was like, this is so anti new metal. This is like alpha new metal or Sigma new metal. Really? It's just like, they don't usually sing about loving themselves. And, and no, I know that they, no. they're selfish a lot of times, you know, Sully famously, extremely selfish in his songs. But like this song is just, I mean, guys I used to work with probably went nutty to this song. Probably this <laughs> is the song me. they believe in. Okay, yeah. I'm going to play it. So I noticed, so as I said, the Tearaway, uh, Tearaway was the, the next single, was used as the theme for WrestleMania X8. I'm going to go through their singles chronology and see which is the first single I get to that is not wrestling associated. Okay, here we go. Next one is Sinner from this album. Ah, there we go. It was the theme song of WWE Vengeance 2001. Okay, the next single is 2004. First album without Dave Williams, Step Up. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Ah, yes. Step Up was used as the main theme song for WWE pay-per-view WrestleMania 20. Okay, here we go. Love and War. We'll see if... Oh, I can't even click to Love and War. Oh, no. I thought I was going to be able to just keep going through it on Wikipedia. Hold on. Let me see. Love and War. WWE, was it in here? Hold on. Love and War, Drowning Pool, WWE. Uh, That might be the first one that wasn't. Oh, that sucks. That's sad. They got cut off. They had a great run, though. I mean, they had a longer run than a lot of wrestlers in WWE. I mean, everything about this step up thing just absolutely rocks. This just the whole description. It just. It's beautiful. 
Step Up is a single by American rock band Drowning Pool. It was originally released on The Punisher, the album in March 2004 and appeared in the film's end credits. It was also included on Drowning Pool's second studio album, Desensitized, the following month. Uh, this served as the band's first single with new frontman Jason Gong Jones and introduced him to many fans. A music video was produced, which largely focuses on the band living a luxurious lifestyle at a mansion poolside. It received significant airplay on Headbangers Ball upon release. Former Evanescence guitarist Ben Moody makes a cameo appearance <laughs> in the video. Aside from the Punisher soundtrack, Step Up was also used on the soundtrack of NFL Street 2. Similar to the desensitized album cover design, the Step Up single features porn star Jesse Jane. Step Up was used as the main theme for WWE pay-per-view WrestleMania 20. I was nice. like, that is uh, that is a great collection of 2004 things that you yeah, could have they, related to your song. Porn, such WWE, NFL Street, Evanescence, Headbangers Ball, The Punisher. <laughs> I bet Vince loves Drowning Pool so much. That's why they kept using me like, who are these guys? They're kick ass. Because Vince is like a big heavy metal guy, man. He loves Kid Rock. Uh, he likes ACDC. Uh, I'm trying to think of other bands. So he probably was like a big drowning pool dude. Like he oh, was, when, yeah. when Dave Williams died, he was like, motherfucker, man, this is the saddest day of my life, which you know what? It is sad that this guy died. Cause this band had all the promise in the world. And uh, very I just, sad. I, yes. I wonder how high the heights would have been with him. I mean, I guess they're doing okay now, though. They probably get their songs played on the radio now, too. Yeah, you know? they're, do they're doing they're okay. Fun. Yeah, he, uh, Dave Williams passed away in August of 2002, just three days after uh, the single for Sinner came out. And uh, yeah, he died of uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Uh, so <sighs> heart muscle disease, which went undiagnosed until his death. He was found dead on their tour bus. And, uh, yeah, it's just, that it's sucks. brutal. It's brutal because yeah, I think exactly what you said, Bri, I think a lot of promise in this band and, and in him in particular, I agree with your assessment that he's a very intriguing and interesting vocalist. Also, um, just, uh, just sad, like reading some of the interviews with him. He just seemed like a genuinely really good guy. It was like very difficult to read some of the interviews actually. Cause I listened to this album. I never listened to it a whole lot before I loved it. I was like, Oh, this is a really good album. And then, yeah. And then you go and listen. It's like, I assumed that maybe like, I, I remembered him dying from an overdose. And then you find out that it wasn't that, like it wasn't self-inflicted you know it was like oh he just he just had a heart problem that they never diagnosed oh my god that's horrible then you read these interviews you're like oh he seems like a good guy it's like i was getting more depressed for a pod cast episode than i think i ever have before and we've listened to the entire crazy town record hey I told you that you should go find an interview with like somebody else in the band that we can make fun of. It was so hard. I know it's like not even making fun of. It was just like, it's just very difficult to find interviews with the other band members that aren't very boring. It's funny. The drummer, <laughs> Mike, Mike loose. He seems to do a lot of the interviews, even around the time that this came out. It's not Dave doing all the interviews. Mike does quite a few of them. And I'm like, I'm a drummer and I'm reading them and I'm like, ah, oh, man, this is why they don't let drummers do interviews. This guy's just boring. He's not saying shit. 
Just talk about drums the whole time. Oh, yeah. fucking, you know, I hit the snare three times and did a drum roll. It was fucking yeah. fresh out there on stage. Is that what drumming, was going on? Drumming rocks, man. I love drumming. Yeah, they've so since Dave has left, they've had three different lead singers. Uh, Jason Gong Jones that we talked about before. He apparently <laughs> left the band after one album due to creative differences. Uh, then they had Ryan McCombs, who was the lead singer or is the lead singer of Soil. Uh, and then he eventually left. They did one album with him as well, or sorry, two with him rather. Uh, and then he, uh, also left the band, uh, due to, um, just wanting to go back and be with, uh, be with soil. Uh, so he left the band in 2011 and then, uh, (laughs) Jason Moreno joined the band in 2012 and has been their singer ever since they've released two albums with him. Although the last one was in 2016, uh, called hallelujah. So um, why didn't they call Edsel dope? They didn't consider calling Edsel dope. Because I guess there wasn't really a great uh, Dave Williams mask for him to put on. (laughs) Yeah, you can't put a mask on. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sinner is another like really good banger of a song too. Sinner's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys just did everything. They were perfect, I think, for especially like... Man, if if this album had come out in like 1999, it would have been a whole different story with me. You know, I would have been going to see him in concert. I would have been super fucking into him. But 2002, 2001 is just it was too late for me. I was not going to be grabbed. And like I'm also so mad too because again, like you said, Bodies gets taken off the fucking radio because for some reason some guy at Clear Channels just like that song's probably about people falling out of buildings. Which I think when I think about that list now, I'm sure there's a way to find out how it showed up. But it kind of makes me think that like Clear Channel sent out a memo to all the different stations. It is a memo. It's like literally called the Clear Channel Memorandum. No, I know that, but I'm saying like that they sent a thing to the program directors at the stations and they said, what songs do you think people might be offended by for because of 9-11? And then they had to send these these dipshit program directors sent the song titles and bodies showed up on there. You know, you remember they they fucking they CGI'd fucking the World Trade Center out of a Spider-Man movie. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here, man? Who cares? We I didn't know. We didn't so know at the time. About- we didn't know at the time what was going to happen, you know? It was going to become yeah. funny. It does say that the that it wasn't an outright ban. It was suggestion that the radio stations maybe not play the songs. Uh, there was 165 suggestions. Yeah. In- including a suggestion for each song in Rage Against the Machine's entire catalog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want I know that, people uh, hearing those ideas. I know ACDC technically has the record for the most like individual songs. Like Rage obviously got banned as like an entire band, but if you're just like ACDC I think had six or seven songs that were that were um People were like, no, you can't. So, I mean, Imagine by John Lennon is maybe the craziest song on that list just because it's like, you got to be a real evil motherfucker 
to put that on the list where it's like, no, we got to go to war. It's so cool. It's going to be great. <laughs> Some no of them just it. make no sense either. Like alien ant farms cover of smooth criminal. Well, Osama bin Laden may be one of the world's greatest criminals and was very, <laughs> very smooth. smooth. Got away very for a smooth. very long time. Yeah, yeah true, true. That, but yep. the Michael Jackson version of smooth criminal not banned. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I think they were really worried about heavy riffage. You know, they were. Yeah, just you like, got to be worried, dude. I don't like these riffs being played. It's scary. People don't like it. They turned all the stations to like country stations. I mean, they kind of did that now is what's going on. You know, I want to circle back to something from earlier. There are no rap songs about wives. There's not like a lot of rap songs (laughs) about wives. I'm just letting you know that. I'm going to maybe post that on Twitter and see if I can get somebody to write a rap song about wives. About their wife. It feels yeah. like like Macklemore's got to have a song, right, about his wife. Does he have a wife? I don't even know. But If Eminem's married, he probably wrote a rap song about his wife. I'm well, yeah, sure he wrote it. songs about how he wanted to kill her. No, but now he's probably writing them about how he's into her. You know, <laughs> they got to be love songs. I don't want to hear a, a, a wife killing song. I want to hear. a. No, I'm, me neither. I'm just saying like. I would listen Eminem to a technically had some song. wife songs. Yeah. Yeah, they were great. Um, so I guess the other there's there's one more song I really wanted to hit. Okay. And uh hit it, baby. Uh, we have been throwing roses, John. And I'm gonna tell you that this is gonna be where Mr. Mr. Poison Brain jumps in. And uh <laughs> Hey, we all I'm have list- poison brain. Yeah, so I'm listening to this album, and I'm fucking, you know, really rocking out, and I'm like, man, you know, I can't think of anything about this album that is bad, and I also can't think of anything on this album that I would ever, like, want to make fun of or laugh at, you know, Uh, and there's a great history on this show of songs where we just laugh and make fun of them, uh, dropping plates, reggae jam, uh, every got, crazy town song, every yeah, a bunch of the crazy. stain songs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah. a great list of that. So I get all the way through almost the album and I'm like, there's not, none of that's here. So I guess it's time to pack it up. We'll do something else on the podcast. I'll tell everybody I went to the gym. I started at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We got nothing to make fun of. What is this show even about? (laughs) (laughs) But then I'm fucking the very last song and uh, not even maybe even almost halfway through the very last song is called Sermon. And uh, he attempts to do a sermon in the song. And I laughed out loud when he started doing it. Do you? So this is, I will say, I don't think, like I said, we're going to get to the interviews. I think Dave Williams is a very genuine, very good guy, but this is one of the weirder, like that's one of the only songs I think that you're sort of like, it's a little much, it's a little bit too much. It's a little heavy handed, Dave. It's a little bit too much. And uh, I also this part made me laugh. Dave, in an MTV interview, uh, was asked 
about how the album got its name. Dave says, I got Sinner tattooed on me before we named the record. We were working on the song Sinner and our A&R guy said that would be a good name for the record. We all just looked at each other and said, wow, okay. It was just a natural progression that became the whole theme of the record. There are a lot of religious issues on the record and a lot of relationship issues. It just seemed like it would fit. And then he goes on to talk about, um, in one of the interviews, he talks about Sermon uh, being like, uh, you know, kind of a a companion piece to Sinner. That like, yeah. you sin, but then you have to also have the Sermon, you know, to kind of follow up the whole, yeah, he says... Uh, the, the question, this is from hip online, Brian, one of our favorite uh, interview website. sources. Yeah. And the, the interviewer asks with the song listing sinner and sermon being placed at the beginning at the end. I was wondering if that was done on purpose, Dave. Yes. We wanted to start with sinner and end with sermon. We covered all the bases on religion and bad relationships. I wondered if it was planned. Dave, our A&R guy said, let's call the album Sinner. And I was like, oh, yeah. So we figured it would be cool to start with that and then close it out with Sermon. That song is my baby. I've been carrying that song for a long time and wanted to say that for a long time. It's very personal. Actually, the whole record is personal to me. Everyone can identify with most of those songs. You might take a song and use it to identify with something you've been through, but it might not be what I was thinking about. But if that person gets something else out of it, then I feel it's a job well done. Well, it is a job well done. I got a lot of feelings out of Sinner. <laughs> he was like, he it just you're listening to the song, it's fucking going off. It's it's really ripping. And you might even miss it if you're kind of not paying attention while it's playing. But it once it starts, you're like, oh, oh, that's funny. And it's just uh he goes, ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, which is hilarious when you hear it. You just are like laughing already. And he goes, are you ready for the joke? Are you ready for the great deception? Tell me what you believe, God. And then, like it repeats that last line over and over. So it turns into a regular song, but it's so fucking funny. He He's really trying to sound like a preacher, like a real preacher but also these guys are from the south so they probably you know had some fucked up church shit go on in their lives you know it's it, real fucked up church shit going on down there i mean it certainly seems like that for sure yeah i mean they talk about that quite a bit i just thought the Don't whole thing was was really interesting to me and then also just the idea that he has sinner tattooed on him like i feel like that's like what porn stars get tattooed on themselves um, you know, to just be like, Hey, guess what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm sinning right now. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like, it is a pretty cool tattoo. When you said that, I thought like, this is a very cool tattoo. I went, I went, <laughs> I, I went the opposite way. I'm like, that's not a cool, that seems like something a porn star or a UFC fighter would have a UFC fighter would have it tattooed in that, like, uh, really shitty, like Superman style, uh, or the like S style script, like on their over their belly button. See, that's what I was thinking of old English right across my belly. Yeah. Says sinner. <laughs> I would get that. That sounds cool as fuck. <coughs> Do you have any tattoos? You don't, right? None. Not a single tat. But uh, I, yeah, we've talked about that before. I think I think we've I've pitched you on a bunch of different <laughs> first tattoos. Sinner yeah. across your belly, that's 
That could be in the front running. I know, but nobody will ever see my belly in their whole life. I mean, it's very rare for Katie to see my belly. So <laughs> right. I don't think anybody's going to see that tattoo. That would just be for me. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> standing so... in a mirror like, damn, bro, that looks good. But now Sarah. that you're going to the gym, like, you, you know, getting a tattoo on your belly is maybe not like you might really get, you know, you might tighten things up and then you want to like show it off. Oh, if I get ripped, I'll get a fucking tattoo right on my belly. And then I'll also show people the V that goes down to your penis. Cause I want one of those. You know? Yeah, you want the dick V? The dick V. So then you I must can have had that when up. you were I mean, you were so skinny when you were younger. You must have had no, that going I didn't on. Have any definition at all. <laughs> it was just Usually if you're really skinny though, you still kind of get it a bit. You never I had might that. have maybe had it, but who knows? I de- I hated I can tell you, there's never a time in my life where I liked my body. And I'm not even trying to be sad. I am not a tear away type of guy. I'm not a, I don't care about anybody else but me. I don't love me. I hate me. So, <laughs> that's where me and Dave are wrong. That's your like, single. Guys, that's that's your single that's coming out next month. That's the chorus of your hate- rap song. I don't love me. I hate me. No, it would be, I don't love me. I love my wife. I gotta write this rap song, man, about a wife. It'll be a hit. You you have to. I think you should. I think it'll be a great. If we're being honest, but. (laughs) Well, I know, but it sounds like you don't really want to show that off. So. I don't think so. No, I would. I, you know, I'm willing to do all kinds of embarrassing things, but the rap song I wrote for my wife when I was 19 is, I don't think something that has to see the light of day. Where I'm like picturing myself saying, I love you, baby, like Tupac. Like, that's the voice I thought I was going to be doing in this rap. Did you ever, did you not ever rap it to her? No, I just gave her the paper and said, Hey, man, I wrote this rap about you. Which, great gift. I'm sure that's a, especially when you say it like that. Hey, man, I wrote this this (laughs) song about you. Just throw the paper casually at your wife. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, that maybe is how I said it. But like, uh, you know, I didn't have any money. So I thought writing a rap song <laughs> would be a smooth idea. I mean, there I mean, were rappers worse. probably done it, you know. I feel like it was weird growing up in our time period, right? Because, you know, like... We, I think we thought that's shit, right? Like, I don't think people, like, I think people now think about music because they want to be famous, but we just thought about it as like, ah, oh, man, maybe if I get in a band, I can make some money, you know? So yeah. you probably, that was probably in the back of your mind, at least like, oh, if my girlfriend likes this rap song, like maybe I could start doing some shows and getting paid. Well, I did want to be really famous though. It was crazy the way I thought like, dude. You know, you got to start learning guitar now. When I was like 19, you got to start learning guitar now because you don't have much time to become famous, you know, and you don't even know how to play one note. (laughs) I mean, that's I was really counting my chickens before I hatched back then. (laughs) You poor guy. I know. I was a fucking real weirdo. Yeah, you are. You still are. But I love you all the same. Totally normal now. (laughs) really normalized over the years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that's true now, Brian 2.0 or whatever we're calling this new version of yourself, uh, you know, going to the gym, doing Lego, 
having a daughter yeah. going to college. That's all pretty oh, normal shit. Uh, first of all, I don't want anybody saying I'm doing Lego. I deserve <laughs> for you to say he's playing with his Legos again. Like, that's how I deserve to be talked to because I'm playing Legos. I call it playing Legos. Brian's playing with Legos again. That again, that sounds like a, <laughs> that sounds like it could be a song on the Disturbed or P.O.D. album. Playing Legos, <laughs> dropping plates, playing Legos. Yeah. I mean, Sermon is dropping plates level, I think. I, I, I don't really think got so. a chuckle out of Sermon. I don't think so, but. I don't. I wouldn't say it's that level, but that part of it is definitely a little bit weird. It's like because I think I agree with you in that this what this is this was a very unique album, especially at the time it came out. To me, two thousand one, like like we've talked about this on the show before. So you know you have new metal getting really popular in the late nineties, then two thousand hits, and there's this like clear divergence of like. Bands that either are getting heavy, like Slipknot and Disturbed. I mean, you know, you can argue whether Disturbed is heavy or not, but they were clearly going for a more metal thing. Then you had the softer bands, your PODs, your Hoobastanks, your Incubuses. That was sort of the divergence. And Drowning Pool was just like, we're going to do our own thing kind of right down the middle. It's not butt rock. It's not new metal like you've ever heard before, but it is kind of new metal. It's paying homage to new metal, but it's also paying homage to like Pantera and like other like true metal bands, Metallica. So it's like, it's such an interesting time period for it to come out. And so I think, and just like to be such a mature and cool album, Sermon just almost hits like a little bit weirder because it's not that weird. It's not like reggae jam. It's not dropping plates. It's not you know, some of the fucking puddle of mud songs or whatever. Like it's not that level, but because the album is so accomplished, you're like, Oh, they're leaning into doing like a stupid new metal thing right here. And they haven't really done that for the first 35 minutes of this record. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got some stuff from the articles here. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go over. Uh, let's, let's go over them. Yeah. God, this guy that did the hip online article. It was like anyone who likes metal has either loved Sabbath or Ozzy in one form or another. Nope. And I just was like, what a stupid thing. I mean, I love both of them. So I guess maybe they might be right. But uh, here's something that bugged me a little bit. I'm going to go into a little bit what I think the one bot. So he's talking. So he's talking about how the band got together, how, how, you know, he, he's, they have a band. They, they're, for a couple years, like playing shit, he's kicking around in bands since 1990. And like, um, the band meets, he, he tries out, they have pretty good chemistry. And then he's like, I think the one bonding question that brought us all together. And that was if we liked faith, no more after yes. that, the rest is history. And we've been together for three years now. That's pretty insane because like, if I was in his shoes, I would have never been able to be in drowning pool. Cause they'd be like, do you like faith? No more. And I'm like, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's weird. Like we see so many of these bands, you sing faith, no more as a touch point. And I don't think of them as like proto new metal, but I guess I don't really know anything about them either. So I might have to listen to them. Maybe I'll listen to them and, and come back. But I, I, I know the two songs and I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Sit. 
can you see it? I feel it. I hear it today. I'm like, no, that's not. I don't like that. That doesn't make <laughs> me feel good to hear. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't care no. for that. <laughs> not at all. So maybe they are good, and I've just never listened to them. But, like, man, that song they put out as a single is like a poison pill to me. Because when I hear that guy rapping and I see the video and he's, like, doing that thing where he's crossing his arms, I'm like, I can't believe people say Mike Patton. It's like a cool guy. Like he's doing 80s, which I think it's an 80s song. So it's, I guess, fine. But he's doing the like rap thing where he's like, boy, like with his arms kind of hugging himself. And it's just like, no, I'm never going to be into them. So I was just thinking how like a real situation where like there's a fork in the road where I could have been standing there to be the lead singer of Drowning Pool. And they're like, do you like Faith No More? And I'm like, no. Of course not. I'm like no. metal, dude. Yeah, don't even talk. Well, I just was like looking at Faith No More albums because I'm like, oh, which one, which one is even their like big one? Uh, and I guess it's Angel Dust is like their their top one. Dan's nodding. He seems like a Faith No More fan. And check uh, it out. There's a song on it called uh, Jizz Lobber. And so I'm like, ah, nope. oh, no, Faith No More is exactly what I think they are. Come on. Don't, don't do this to me, baby. It's like Primus. It's like I, I, in my mind, I think Primus has songs called Blibbida Blabbida Blue. And then you go look at their album and that's track one, the first single. And you're like, okay, this is exactly what I expected. Faith No More really coming through here as well. The song before Jizz Lobber is called Crack Hitler. So, I mean, uh. this is like, I mean, come on. Come on, I man. I think maybe it's too late for me and Faith No More is what I think really It might happened. be. It might be too late. But yeah, I know that one really stuck out to me. I did love, though, and this was really good, um, where they were at the, the hip online guy asks Dave uh, about his musical tastes. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you kind of talked about that. And he says, if you were. Uh, so he says, over time, did your musical tastes move on or did you stick with those groups? And Dave says, I always kept it with me. Times do change and time is like a wheel. You either roll with it or it rolls over you. I've chosen to roll with it. I'm a fan of music. So when I was 17, there was only one kind of music, Motley Crue and Metallica. Now I listen to everything from DSI to Billy Joel. That's a pretty good stretch. Good music is good music. And then the interviewer asks, if you were 16, do you think you'd listen to such a stretch or do you think that or do you find that maturing has opened your mind to more? And Dave says, yeah, I definitely think that. When you are 16, you are trying to find your place and trying to fit in. You try to make new friends. And if that meant listening to Motley Crue and Run DMC, then that is what you do. When you're 25, you have a bit of breathing room to listen to both Dido and Cannibal Corpse. Which I love yeah. because none of the new metal guys talked like this. They did. They would sometimes reference new wave. We see that a lot. And then obviously, yeah, like Faith No More and bands like that. But we don't often see a new metal guy not afraid to just be like, yeah, Dido rocks. And for me, that one just really hit home because for I don't even know why. I started listening to Dido's first album recently, and it fucking rocks. It is such a good album. It's crazy. I can't believe it. I think it's called Thank You. Uh, or no, it's the one with Thank You on it. It's not called Thank You. No Angel. And man, it is really good. It, it puts me in a good spot when I listen I to it. I called her like, Dildo when I was younger. <laughs> I, that's what I know. I know the Stan song, and I always was like, hey, check out her name. If you put an L there, it would be Dildo. And dildo. then my friends and I would just laugh so hard about Dildos. 
dildo <laughs> seems like what they would call her on celebrity death match. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I do like that he admits he liked hair metal and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, he talks too. about that too. And he talks about but, how Brett Michaels wanted to do stuff with them because he always stuck up for them in interviews. He was like, yeah, I met Brett one time and uh, he was just like, hey, man, I noticed that you always say that like poison's good. Like that, that's sweet, man. Thank you. <laughs> he also like loves to be like he tells the same story. All the time where he's like, I lost my virginity in a 1982 uh, escort to a Cinderella tape, which, listen, I like Cinderella whips ass that song. Don't know what you got till it's gone. That's a good one. We all love that. And uh, he, one of his favorite albums is Shout at the Devil, which I mean, that is an actually good hair metal album is Shout at the Devil. So I think this guy had like decent taste too and like i don't know i i also like there's a little piece where he says and i don't know if i cut this out but i think it's so cool the way he described like because i say this about comedy to a lot of people it's like when you're talking to somebody who's like hey i have a passing interest in doing stand-up comedy and then you kind of get into a conversation with them and you find out who they're who their influence, who the people that influence them to want to do comedy are. And then they start kind of telling you what they want to do. And you're like, well, you're just doing what those guys do. So, you know, there's no need for you. There's already somebody doing it. You have to find something that fucking makes you, you that you have that nobody else has that nobody else has ever done. You don't want to do Dave Attell type comedy because Dave Attell and 5,000 other people are doing Dave Attell type comedy. Right. And he mentions that he's like, well, I like Motley Crue and I like uh, uh, Cinderella and poison and Pantera. And he is like, you just, you, you take those sounds and you try to take those influence influences and like twist, like make it your thing that has, that hopefully people can see that influence in because really with a singer, a lot of times it's either really super obvious what their, what their influences are, or it's like, I don't care. I mean, they have to tell you, you know, when Chino starts talking about his influences, you're like, I don't know none of that shit. You know, yeah, no so one was listening to, to Deftones you. and being like, uh, damn, is it, am I hearing the Cocteau twins in here? I feel like I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting some Cocteau twins out of this new Deftone single. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. And it's always so fucking like, it's just such a weird thing because it's like uh, uh, he seems to have like a super good handle on how to make your own thing. I mean, and it worked out for him. So I guess like it's not one. Of, it, I It's not totally out there, I guess. You know, he, he's he seemed like an interesting guy. And I think that, man. Can you imagine like the stuff they would have done in their like late phase uh, uh, stuff probably would have been really fucking fun because they also had the chance to as a band who understands how to make a song about something fun. They really had a chance to like 
hold on after the new metal bust because that's bands after after that you know what became cool was being like the darkness or like a band that sings about having a good time and that's what bodies is bodies is a fucking song about having a good time and i think they understood that and i really think they would have fucking stuck around for they'd still be making albums now they'd be like godsmack they'd make an album they'd sell a bunch of copies and you'd fucking listen you you'd hear it on the radio all day for sure. I think so too. And I, I think it's, you know, he, I loved this quote from him. This was another interview that was done uh, in 2002 from Blast Zone Online, which, uh, Great you know, sight. yeah, God bless uh, 2002 when you could get to interview the lead singer of a platinum selling band because you had a blog called Blast Zone Online. Uh, but I did love, like, he's just, he's, this is what I'm talking about. Like, he just seems like a really good guy. And I loved this part of it, which made me feel like he had this kind of like wide eyed respect for what came before him and what was go about to go on. That does make me think that they would have had a lot of longevity, like you say, Bri. So the question was, what's the biggest misconception that people have about life on the road? And Dave said, um, wow. Well, we do a lot over the course of a day, but it's the coolest job. I can't really complain. I get to travel all over the country with a bunch of guys just like me, play music, drink booze, and meet girls. Wow, where's the problem? If you ever catch any rock star bitching, just stop them right there, because now you know how it really is. I mean, obviously, there's work involved like anything, but the overall perks and the good times you have definitely overshadow everything. He's and right. It's like, yeah, man, like right. it's it's very cool. I mean, being on tour is, I don't know. It's not bad, really. It's its boring. So you can see why rock guys are like, yeah, it is kind of boring. Uh, but it's still, like, way more fun than almost everybody's job. So, yeah, yeah, he's right. And it's cool when guys say that, too, because they want to make you think it's like, he seems like a guy that, is uh nice like but older and and not overly concerned with people thinking he's cool i don't i don't get the vibe from him that he's like even really concerned with people thinking he's cool which is i mean that's how you, you become cool so he, yeah. he did it right yeah. And I agree with you. Like, so when Sinner hit, he was 29. He he passed away when he was 30. So yeah, that is a little bit older, right? Like we've seen a lot of these bands are, you know, who are getting pretty big when they're like, you know, 22, 23, 24. And I do think that changes you a bit. I think we also learned from a few of the, the things that we read that he was, um, in a bunch of other bands too, right? So he's in all these sort of unsuccessful bands. Drowning Pool had a, it was the the three guys from Drowning Pool had a band with another singer, kind of a corn situation where they, they had a band, had a singer they didn't love. They knew about Dave from him being in other bands. Things didn't end well with their singer. They bring Dave on and all of a sudden he's sort of the magic, uh, you know, the magic ingredient, I guess, that kind of gets the band going, which I think is is cool. And yeah, he was a bit older. He'd been in a bunch of bands. So he probably appreciated it a little bit more too, right? Like we, we just did that episode on Fieldy's, uh, bass album and, um, and, uh, you guys can still hear me, right? Yeah. Okay, sweet. 
Uh, I don't know what happened with my video there. Oh, weird. Um, but yeah, so we just did that episode with, uh, <clears throat> with Steve, uh, Sladkowski from pop where we, we talked about Fieldy's record and Fieldy was just sort of like, yeah, we just kind of all knew that we were born to be rock stars. And then we just like made <laughs> a band and then we were rock stars and, it, and then they, you know, Fieldy did kind of act like that for a really long time, like just a fucking spoiled rock star. And I think when you, when something happens, when you're a little bit older, you appreciate it more as well as just having the, you know, the additional maturity of being a little bit older too. He still kind of acts like that. You know, he's just a weird fieldy. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, Here's, here's a part I firmly disagree with uh, Dave on. Uh, Yeah. Some of my best memories I've had were at Ozfest. were just going as a fan and just being in the middle of a parking lot with the sun, just kicking my ass and watching nine guys in jumpsuits and masks just destroy each other. And that's pretty cool. It's like, that going to Ozfest as a fan is not a good experience. <laughs> you you do it because it's got all the bands you want to see, but don't say. I mean, your best memories gotta fucking be some shit that happened in the in the trailers when you were fucking around with uh, your dirt bikes and stuff. Actually, he didn't ride a dirt bike; it's the uh, other two guys. Yeah, yeah. I a lot of my best memories from like festival type things are getting home. <laughs> You're like, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm home. It's I have air conditioning and it's really nice. This is awesome. Oh, I'm out of the shower. This is great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Especially like, yeah. cause I know, I mean, I was lucky. So in, in Vancouver, I mean, I was never Ozfest never came here. So, um, so you, you'd have to go to the States to go to it. And then, and so I never did that, but, uh, warp tour came here all the time. And we were kind of lucky because warp tour was held here in a like university football stadium. So it was like a grass field. The main stages were on a grass field and then they had like an upper concourse area that had the side stages, but it was also all grass. So it wasn't like, I know some American venues, it's literally just like a giant parking lot that the festival is in, which just seems like a nightmare, like with the sun beating off the pavement and it's hard on your feet and all like, it just, that seems like a disaster to me. Yeah. I mean, the place I went to had grass, but they also did just have a lot of pavement too, you know? So yeah, no festival experiences are the worst in the whole world. Uh, uh, so Dave disagree. I humbly disagree with you, sir. Uh, and then, uh, he talks about where he met. Oh no, you already read that. So, but I just wanted to put in there that he said, man, I lost my virginity to Cinderella. And I'm like, that's a second interview. He brought that up. This guy loves telling people he lost his virginity. Which, I mean, hey, you know what? Respect. When I lost my virginity, I was, like, really into telling people about it, too. You know, Was Cinderella so, playing when you lost your virginity? No, I've told you what was playing. <laughs> well, actually, it's not fair because it's a big fucking lie. Because the first time, I, as I said before, her ex-boyfriend was trying to get in the room while my brother told him he was going to kick his ass. So what I heard in the background was a guy crying outside of the door because I was fucking his girlfriend. But then... <laughs> But, 
but remember how you were like uh, talking earlier about how you don't you shouldn't try to sound cool like that's like that's, <laughs> that's like totally the thing you would say if you're dude I was fucking this chick man and her boyfriend was trying to get in the room and then like my brother was like fuck you man my brother's fucking her and you gotta fucking deal with that and then they fought and I'm just like fucking pounding her the whole fucking time man like that's well, what uh, that's what a, th- we had a guy in our friend group growing up who was an absolute pathological liar. There was nothing he wouldn't lie about, and I fully believe that your story is one hundred percent true. But it sounds exactly like the type of story that my pathological liar friend would tell. <laughs> well, I said it in a way that makes it sound a lot cooler. It's that my brother was the toughest guy around he's like a big tough guy you know and people were just afraid of him and uh she'd already broke up with this guy and he just wouldn't leave her alone and then we were all at the same party and i didn't even know she was dating him actually but like i just remember it being like really fucking weird and you said pounding her and it's like i don't know if you can call what i did that (laughs) night pounding anything Uh, I'm saying what a cool guy would say. I wasn't yeah. saying you specifically. Yeah, yeah. but then like he, <laughs> he was out there crying. Yeah, but the second time, <laughs> the second time it happened, uh, I was listening and I'll never forget this. And I don't know why. Maybe because it's one of like three times I've listened to music while I was having sex in my life. <laughs> but uh, Black by Pearl Jam. Uh, was playing. Hell yeah. I don't know. I mean, I dig that song, but it's not a sexy song, I don't think. But, you know, maybe some people disagree. And they I think mean, I Eddie think Vedder's people would think that Eddie, yeah, I was just, a, that's literally what I was about to say. I think people would say Eddie Vedder's voice is sexy. But uh, my last quote from the interview speaking of having sex, I love this has been so consistent. We've done 30 episodes, we read articles every time from, from these bands, interviews. And they love to ask them about sex on the road. They just love it. And, and they, I love the way this guy asks it. It's totally like a teenage boy doing this interview. You guys must be getting a ton of chicks on the road. And it wasn't even, and it was like not a segue that made any sense. This is the previous question. When you guys wrote bodies, did you think that it would have become the mosh anthem that it did? And then Dave yeah. was like, I still can't figure it out. It's weird because when we wrote it, I thought, okay. And I just kind of said, let the bodies hit the floor. And the guys in the band go, that's cool. Maybe we should go and work off of that. And I was like, are you sure? And they said, it sounds catchy. And then it just turned into this monster. Even now, it's still this incredible thing. You guys must be getting a ton of chicks on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like tons of tail, You can tell bro. that this guy was just like, that. that's the question he wanted to ask the entire time. And I loved Dave's answer to this. So he says, uh, well, they're always there. Laughs. Interviewer. Are any of you in the Gene Simmons ballpark yet? Dave. Shit. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) That's I thank you, Dave, for saying that. If some guy asked me if I was in the Gene Simmons ballpark for anything, I'd kick his ass. This interview's over. (laughs) I don't want to be at all. I don't want to even see my name next to Gene Simmons name. (laughs) She, and then he says, they're always there and it's all personal choice. I tend to scare a lot of girls away. I don't know. I'm just into having a good time and hanging out, but they're always there. That's a interviewer. That's a perk to being a rock star. 
Dave, that's cool. I mean, I remember watching videos when I was a kid going, man, Motley Crue and Rat get hot chicks. Yeah, it's cool and we have fun with it and it's definitely there and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. I just feel like that's a weird way of describing it as well. Ah, they're just, they're there. You know, the girls are there. So it seems like a, and I don't mean this as in like, well, I'll just say it. Famous last words, dude. You say the women are going to be there forever. And if you had lived three more years, the women would have been totally fucking gone. <laughs> All of them. Gone. You would have got to see it. You would have got to see the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> I fucking call the guitar player for fucking drowning pool and ask him where the women are now. And he's like, <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. There was there was unlimited amounts of them at one point. But now there's just like four of them. Yeah, they're too busy. They they they're just too anxious to get to the slot machines after our shows at casinos that we play <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, what can what can we do? You know what can we do? Uh, did you have anything else from the articles, Brian? No, but I love the album. Uh, also, from the articles, I w- I want to say that w- we should put the link for that one with all the really bad spelling in it uh, up into the saw into the uh album discussion because it is an incredibly funny read coma rotary uh or some shit yeah it's just crazy the way people were spelling stuff so yeah the the coma rotary was blowing my mind and he he mentioned it like multiple like spelled it out multiple times i was like man it couldn't have been that hard to look up how to spell camaraderie (laughs) i mean no word has ever ever <laughs> been spelled like that ever even close it's it's like when somebody when the first time you hear the word labradoodle and you're like that's <laughs> not real and i don't want to hear it ever again come out of your mouth uh coma rotary uh there's a few other misspellings that are really funny in there but yeah yeah uh, he uh, spells it for those for the record he spells it c-o-m-a-d-a-r-o-d-o-r-i-e the coma de rotary yeah, that's the craziest way anybody's ever spelled, ever spelled anything. It. Ever yeah, spelled anything, it. Yeah, anything, period. It's period. like me trying to spell bureaucracy. He was like <laughs> fucking going through the same situation as me whenever B- I, I'm like. E, E, yeah. R, E, A, U, R, E, A, U. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we are uh, then, if you're done, I'm done too. We are at the tweet defense. Uh, so this is the the part of the show, the review portion of the show. If you've never listened to the show before, uh, what it is, is we just say that if someone were to tweet at us, hey, the album Sinner by Drowning Pool sucks. How many tweets would we do in defense of this album? Brian, what is your score? John, it's funny. Because I thought about this earlier, you know, I have some friends that I think listen to the free shows and, and like, uh, uh, they, they're in a chat with me in a, in a text chat. They're just like my brother and uh, a couple of really close friends and, or my brother, a couple of really close friends and Brett are in this thing. And, and I said, uh, I have to tell you guys, Drowning Pool kicks ass and, uh, in the chat and, and they asked me, what I was going to rate it. And I said, well, here's the problem. I have broken the rating scale (laughs) on every episode of this show. (laughs) I break it every single week. So 
you know, disturbed is like a 25 and white ponies, like a 24 and a half or something like that. Just because I couldn't, you know, go higher than disturbed. Yeah. Um, but this is also the first album with a, uh, with a dead guy on it. I think, Oh no static X, but yep. I didn't like static X. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to give these guys a fucking cool 26. Wow. I just, the highest because he's dead. He got three points for being, (laughs) he gets three tweets for being dead. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think I still like white pony more, right? I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. But I, I also like, I don't really like the disturbed album, but I need it to be, I, I, I let it be at the top. It had a good run, you know, and it was time to fucking knock it off. And again, uh, plus five for death. Uh, So that would be uh, David Draymond. David Draymond blocked us on Twitter. So, you know, disturbed deserves to be knocked off their pedestal, I think. Yeah. And he loves me. David Draymond. I do you see me replying to him? Yeah. I love replying like earnestly nice things like, hey, get it, bro. Hey, good job, buddy. I love it. See, has he responded to you yet? Never. Not one time. Nice. But I think if I keep doing it, he'll follow me eventually. That'd be great. And, uh, and you can th- ask. You can be like, you got to. Well, our, you know, our friend Josiah tried to get him to come on the POD cast, and then he unfollowed Josiah. So <laughs> Josiah asked him to follow back, and then Josiah got in his DMs and was just saying how he really liked him or whatever. And then he asked if he ever guested on podcasts, and David Draymond said, very rarely. And Josiah said, well, my friends have this new metal podcast you should guest on. And then he never responded to Josiah. And then two days later, he unfollowed him. <laughs> rude. So Come very on, rude, very rude, David Draymond. Uh, my tweet defense score. <clears throat> I think for this one, I got to go. Uh, I'll go six, uh, which sounds pale in comparison to Brian's 26. But for me, six is actually a very strong score. Um, I, I can't rank it above some of the classics of the genre. Um, I just, I don't think it's quite on that level. Uh, but I do think it's an extremely interesting album. I really enjoyed listening to it way more than I thought I would. Uh, and I genuinely think bodies is one of the best new metal songs, uh, that we have covered on the show or ever in general. So that is, uh, that's where it's at. We both loved this album. So, uh, thank you, Luke, uh, for, for juicing the poll and finally getting us to review this one. Cause it was, uh, it was a real treat. Uh, and yeah, if you want to get some more of this great content, you can head on over to patreoncom slash the POD cast. And that's cast with a K like the band corn, uh, for $4 a month, you get three bonus episodes every single month, including the aforementioned Bonus episode with Steve Sladkowski of Pup. We did, unfortunately, force Steve to listen to the solo instrumental bass album from corn bassist Fieldy. And yes, it is called Basically. uh, And, you know, I mean, it's everything you think it would be. But the episode was super, super fun. Uh, So you can check that out. We also cover two singles 
every month. Uh, and you can also donate a certain amount to the show and choose which singles and which albums we review on the bonus episodes. All of that is over on our Patreon. So check it out. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast again, cast with a K. And that's where we have all the polls. You can vote on who wins the challenges. All of our great content and updates are all over there. So Make sure you follow there as well. Now, Brian, speaking of the challenges, it doesn't bring me a ton of joy to report this, but uh, I really whipped your ass last month. Um, yeah. Yeah. I deserved it. Probably. I, I really don't remember. Yeah. So what it was, was we, um, we had to come up with a one word band name, like Hoobastank that made people uncomfortable. And, um, Oh, your yours was uh, you just took the lead singer's name and shoved it together. So it was Doug Rob, one word. Um, and then I came up with the word Tribby Moist. And uh, <sighs> mul- multiple people have said that they really didn't like when I said that I word. Like yeah, uh, but I beat you 77 percent to 23. Usually our polls are within the 60, 40 range uh, so or closer. So often it's like, you know, 55, 45, whatever. Um, but that one, I, uh, I took you to school. So I am now in, I'm, I have my first two point lead in quite, quite some months. Now, uh, I have 15 wins. You have 13 and we have one tie this month, a lot easier. Uh, this is, so we, we've talked on the show about how drowning pool bodies was banned by clear channel. So we're going to go back in time to the year 2001 and we're going to help drowning pool avoid this ban by replacing the word bodies in the song with something else to, you know, get people excited about the song, but not have any equation to nine 11. Brian, what did you come up with? What's hitting the floor in your song? I got to change three lyrics though. Okay. Okay. Yep. Let the wiener suck and fuck. Let the wiener <laughs> suck and fuck. Let the wiener suck and fuck. That would have fucking been able to be played on the radio. Right. Satellite. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, just wanted to say suck fucking wiener. I, yeah, I, I got that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a great, it's a good call. Um, yeah, good, good job, man. You know, I think hey, the thanks. radios would have. Lo- I'm, I'm just imagining the record label being like, "Look, guys, the bodies can't hit the floor." It's reminding people too much of that devastating event. If you could change it, it'd be huge for us. And they're like, "Okay, we'll go back to the lab. We'll figure it out." And then they come back with, "Let the wieners fucking suck." Yeah, Sucking that's a good Sorry, lyric, though. That's a fucking jam I really get into. So let the wieners, I, let the wieners suck and fuck. Let that's the good. wieners suck and fuck. I also would have just maybe just been like, well, we're just, you know what? You go ahead and take bodies off the fucking radio and then just play tear away because that's much more of a banger. But yeah, let the wieners suck and fuck. That's like really that. cheap. I think I'm going to win because it was cheap. Well, mine is also pretty cheap too. I I went very uh, I went very straightforward in this one because I think we've talked about key strategy for Drowning Pool was licensing out the music WWE UFC. They had a porn star on the cover of their next album. I mean, I think it's obvious the demographic they're shooting for here, and I think they should create a song that's made for another place similar to this. And that is the strip club. And you just got to go with, let the boobies hit the floor. Oh, I like it. I like it. I would have said pussy, but yeah, I get it. (laughs) 
again, this radio, bro, I'm trying to help them get back on the radio. Clear channels banned their ass. And well, also boobies, boobies isn't going to fucking do it either. You're going to have to say, uh, uh, I don't know, man. Tatas. Tatas. Let the tatas hit the floor. I mean, I'm That's thinking like <laughs> that. I mean, my thought is like Becca and I, I've talked about this. If you listen to block party, you've already heard me talk about this. So I'm sorry, but Becca and I, my fiance, we've been going back and watching all of the like late nineties, early aughts, like teen sex comedy, American pie type movies. And, um, the amount of like just gratuitous nudity in those is crazy. So like in 2001, let the boobies hit the floor. I think people would have been into it. Yeah, I would have been into it. Yeah, exactly. So you can vote on that on Twitter. We usually put the poll up towards the end of the month. So you can decide who wins, uh, this month's challenge. And uh, now we're at the final piece of the show, the poll. Uh, This also gets taken care of on Twitter. Brian and I both get to nominate two albums in the poll. And then uh, you beautiful people get to vote on it and decide which album we listen to next month. Uh, So, Brian, which two albums are you nominating? The last two months, you've taken an album I was going to nominate. So I hope you don't do that, because if you do, I'm going to be in big trouble here. I don't think I'm going to. Okay. Pretty weird ones here. I like uh, that. My theme this month is weed. Oh, it's a okay. Big weed themed month, and of okay. course, the first one will be dope felons and revolutionaries. Because mm, okay. a lot of times people call weed dope. Uh, and the second one, a dark horse, maybe Cypress Hill rock superstar. Oh, Cypress Hill. So you want to be a rock superstar? And live large, a big house, five cars. I used to love that song. Actually, let me check here because I might have fucked up and uh, said just the name of a song. Yeah, it's just a song. (laughs) Skull and Bones by Skull and Bones by Cypress Hill. Okay. I think that's the first appearance of Cypress Hill in the poll, which I like. Ever. Yeah. Um, Well, we talked about them earlier in the episode and maybe we just need to force ourselves to listen to it through the poll. I will nominate angel dust by faith. No more. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if this, uh, truly, uh, officially inspired all of these new metal bands that we love and we have not covered them in over a year. Uh, so I'm going to put up the Deftones self-titled record. All right. So uh, it's self-titled. Uh, so number four. Okay. Number right. four. Yes. We've covered around the fur and white pony. Um, so yeah, I'm going with uh, the self-titled record. It's the one with the skull and roses on the front and it's a beautiful record and might be time to just talk about the Deftones again, but we'll leave that in your hands. So again, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash the POD underscore cast with a K. Uh, and that will be uh, where you can vote on which of those four albums you want us to listen to. And you can also vote in the challenge as well. Let us know your thoughts on who won the big showdown. And uh, if you want to donate to the show again, you can do so at patreon.com slash the POD three bonus episodes every single month for $4. It's a great deal. Like I said, we've got one with Steve Sladkowski of pup up there from last month. We've got a great one coming up this month as well. So check it all out. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love you. And we'll see you back here next month. Goodbye.